0: Welcome to Straight from the CPA's Mouth. I'm Chris Pilger, Director of Member Communications and Recruitment at CPA Alberta, and I'll be your host for today's show. My guest today is Steve Allen, and we're going to be discussing success and how to define it, Steve's passion for his city and community, and his legacy of impacting others.
1: 150,000 new
0: businesses are created in Canada each year. But only... Emotional the intelligence is a critical skill for leaders. How do I develop... Emotional intelligence will take over analytics,
1: big data, trend analysis... And needs to diversify its economy. But
0: how do we do that? Create
1: new opportunities for young innovators. Does
0: account for 77% of all private jobs created in Filter out the noise. Hear it
1: straight from the CPA's mouth.
0: Welcome, Steve. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation.
1: Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here.
0: So, last episode we featured Janine Rogan, and she left us with the following question: How do you define success? So, Steve, (laughs) big question: How do you define success?
1: Well, that is a big question, and and uh, you know, it's it's uh, I guess my my view on the definition of success is you can't really determine it until you get to the finish line and it's uh you know and it's not something that I think you can determine for yourself it's something that uh, other people um judge um so so it's uh, you you know I mean I like I have had a fabulous career and a wonderful life and a wonderful family and it's all about you know trying to make keep all those things in balance but something gets out of balance and uh you know, you, you, there's a, a lot of off-ramps that uh, can take you sideways. So they say, I, I think it's a, when, when you're, you're judged by the objective view of others that when you get to the finish line, I think.
0: And, and having said that, though, did you ever, was there ever anything that you more like a goal that you wanted to achieve or an outcome that you wanted to get to? And is that how kind of you, you kind of would define, yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do or I'm making, I'm making headway?
1: No, it's interesting, you know, I guess through most of my life, people always would charge you to set objectives and uh, set goals, and, and I don't think I ever did that. Um, I I always, you know, whatever I took on, I wanted to, to do well at, and I would set, uh, you know, goals or objectives or have a vision within the, the, the framework of whatever it was I happened to be doing. But, you know, overall, in the big picture, I didn't really have any goals you know you kind of motor along and a door opens you say well that seems interesting and so go through it and see what's there <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and, and and maybe that's success just making sure you go through all those doors and and not close any of them maybe maybe that's yeah, definition. true yeah
1: <laughs> make sure that none of them slam in your face
0: <laughs> exactly right <laughs> um I guess if you step back objectively would do would you say you think you've you've achieved some level of success or again you're just do you think that's up for others to
1: decide I, I think it's up for others to decide I mean you know I've often said if uh, you know something happens if I get struck by lightning today uh, I've had a fabulous life I have absolutely no no regrets uh, there's there's not very much that I would do differently you know I'm blessed with a great family and had a wonderful career, and uh, you know, to to me, it's it's all about it's all about balance, and it's not about the size of your bank account or size of your house or or, or anything like that. It's a, it's about you know maintaining a balance in your life.
0: And uh, on the career side, I guess specifically, although although these things all take work, what do you feel the role of of just kind of doing the work and uh, and opening those doors and going through those doors? How do you think that plays into uh, into a progression or, or someone's career and life and balance?
1: Oh, it's it's huge. You know, when I I was reflecting uh, on on this a, a week ago, in part because of this, and in part because of a, another little assignment that's about to come my way, I think. You know, why, why do these opportunities present themselves? And it really all goes back to the foundation of my CA, you know, now, now, of course, CPA. That has given me the foundation and the, the, for, for absolutely everything I've done, I think. This morning, I, was, I, I have been working on a, a eulogy <clears throat> that I'm going to be delivering on Friday for John Collins, uh, and John was an uh, amazing professional. And and just reflecting on on the opportunities that I had, uh, working with John and and the mentoring that that he provided to me and and the encouragement that he provided to you know that led me in a different direction in my life and so you know but it, it all starts with that foundation of. Of being a CPA and and where can it lead and the relationships you build and they say the doors that it opens and one thing leads to another and it's been quite a, a an incredible journey
0: and, it, and it's interesting you say that because I'm gonna uh, uh, we dug up the fact that uh, that you've said in the previous interviews that uh, early on in your your kind of path that you didn't particularly like accounting when you first started it um, so obviously that that changed for you somewhere along the line I'm, I'm assuming uh, so uh, you know when did that happen or, or when did you really think okay this is exactly where I meant to be and what I meant to be doing for my professional career
1: well it took a while you know and I've I've, I've talked to um, other people y- young people entering the profession or even other professions but I, I think accounting gives you the, such a wide perspective perspective and uh, such such a wide berth of opportunity and in my early years like i did not like auditing and, and it's interesting because i my brother-in-law chris legette who is at fcpa and uh, was an auditor extraordinaire he and i get along just great but i could not do the work that he <laughs> has done and probably he couldn't do what i've done but uh i i didn't like auditing i didn't like tax i i, 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 I wasn't crazy about accounting and um I I was at uh, started with Price Waterhouses that then was um, and I and I moved from audit into management consulting which was terrific and it and it gave me an opportunity to start to to do management information systems and various things and we were doing some consulting for the provincial government and uh, well probably just a few years after you know probably six years or so into my career my father passed away. And he was an accountant and uh, had a had a small practice and hadn't made any provisions for anybody to take it over. So I left um, Price Waterhouse at the time and, it, and in part because I was doing a lot of work in Edmonton and they were starting to make suggestions that I should move to Edmonton as a born and bred Calgary <laughs> and that was not something that was particularly attractive to me. So I left and took over my dad's practice and there I was back doing accounting and tax work and and, and that sort of stuff and, and the opportunity came along to uh, to to join uh, to merge that practice with Collins Barrow and I began by doing consulting work and I did some really interesting things but but um, you know I didn't really have that breadth of experience that you needed to be a, a, a wise uh, counselor and consultant so John and I uh, decided that it, you know, we, I should pursue. And, and 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 to some extent with mentoring from my brother Ted who was a a a, a chartered accountant and a partner of uh, Pete Marwick Mitchell as it then was encouraged me to get into the insolvency and uh corporate restructuring world and that's where i found my niche yeah. and i i in, really enjoyed it uh it was uh, it, it was a fast pace uh, you never <clears throat> knew what was going to happen from one day to the next it was uh, uh, you know what, what but my my the the foundation that accounting gave me and my accounting training gave me was invaluable, and I think you know I mean pretty well, most uh, people that end up in the corporate restructuring world have that foundation of a cPA and it was a a wonderful profession, fascinating,
0: yeah, and and I think you what it speaks to you know the number of examples and other people in the profession doing. Very different things really speaks to the kind of the value and and the breadth of what people can do within this profession, which is one of the things that makes it such an exceptional career.
1: Absolutely, and and that's what when I you know, when I have an opportunity to talk to young people about it, it is that breadth of uh, of opportunity that you have. I so, say you know you never really know from the beginning exactly where you might land, but the opportunities both in public practice and in uh, and and to get into the corporate world are. Are enormous, and and I can't imagine another profession that 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 provides that uh, wide berth of opportunities.
0: Absolutely, one of the things you've touched on too uh, is is the the value and the role of of mentoring and how much it helps uh, achieve success, or or however you want to get there, or whatever, however you want to define that. Do you feel some sort of uh, obligation because you had such powerful mentors to do the same for others? is 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 that you've Feel that's really integral to your character and to the profession itself. I guess on a broader level. Yeah,
1: you know? and it's it, you know mentoring's interesting, and I and I was reflecting on that this morning as I referred to John as my mentor. Um, in in so many ways, we were partners and we were work colleagues, but he was a much more experienced and wiser man than me. Uh, and, and the mentoring really just uh, I think evolved because of dealing with various issues and challenges within the in the practice. And an encouragement to, to, to do things, like you know, he encouraged me to get on the Institute uh, Council and encouraged me to, to join the Rotary Club, and he was a member of a different Rotary Club. So my, I have mentored kids through Rotary that are in, you know, we, we have a Rotary program where we select kids in grade six and mentor them through grade 12, and even that's a different kind of mentoring. You know, it's, it, it's not like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, where you're taking kids to the movies and and stuff like that but it's making sure they're staying in school and so on so the mentoring i think that often occurs in public practice is just helping to guide people through the program giving them some advice on on things you know when you're working on a on a file you know just engaging with them on what direction to go and what they might consider and that kind of thing so i i guess that's mentoring in, in a sense but it's it's really just that engagement that you have uh, with a work colleague and, and dealing with the challenges of the day. Yeah, but but critically important. Uh, you, you know, it's I think that's what, again one of the wonderful things about the profession is the relationships that that you build with people uh, from from all avenues within the profession and and within business.
0: Yeah, and it's it's maybe another uh, another metric for some people is building those relationships and. and feel like you're successful if, if you have that really broad variety of relationships and, and meaningful relationships, both in your personal and in your professional life.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and very valuable. So you mentioned you're, you're born and and born and raised Calgarian, and you certainly have exhibited a passion for the city and all your uh, community involvements. What do you love about Calgary? What kept you here? What 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 made you say, yeah, I don't want to go up up the QE two and move to Edmonton if that opportunity arose? Well, it's,
1: it, it, that's interesting too. My my um, um, I had an uncle um, who w- was quite a bit older than me, but uh, he was a chartered accountant. Um, probably got his designation in, in the nineteen teens or twenties. And he moved to New York, and then Atlanta, and then ultimately Los Angeles. Wow. <clears throat> and he became a, an executive in the motion picture business, which again shows you the the path. I think he was actually CFO of Macy's. Wow! Um, and then ultimately became president, I think, of Paramount Pictures. And you know, so he he was a, a, a very successful guy. Um, but again, the foundation of accounting. But he told me that. You know, if you want to make it, you can't make it in Calgary. You got to get to New York or someplace <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I ignored that piece of advice and stayed here because Calgary was quite a different city uh, in the 1970s than it was in, you know, when he was uh, sort of setting his path. Um, and it and it's been phenomenal. I, I'm always fascinated with the with, with and again the outside observer. Like I live here, so I don't know any different, but. People who come to Calgary from other places love the business atmosphere here. They love the openness and the entrepreneurial spirit that uh, that Calgary has. And you know, I, I had business partners with our practice from Toronto, and they would call and say, "We'd we'd like to arrange a meeting with some lawyers or some bankers or whatever." And so I'd phone some people, and you know, we'd go over and have a coffee or have lunch or. A beer or whatever, and uh, they would say that's phenomenal. I can't. You know, it would never happen in Toronto. If, if, you know, we would have to phone somebody, make an appointment two weeks down the road, <coughs> and if they would see you at all. And uh, it's just the informal way of doing business, and it's that you know we talk about it at the Stampede. One of our values as Calgarians is that can-do spirit, Absolutely. you know, and it's an openness and a willingness to get things done and a willingness to build those relationships and to work with people. And I think that I. I, I guess that's unique to, to uh, Calgary or certainly Alberta. So I think that's what I love about Calgary—that that, that community spirit. One of the I'll tell you a, a little side note on, on that is um, I was in, um, involved in tourism uh, for a while with the Canadian Tourism Commission, and 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 we did some work with uh, Tourism Calgary, and they and, and this was more recent. This was just a couple of years ago, and they they hired a consultant. From Holland, who had looked at uh, city brands from around the world, and uh, he would uh, measure uh, social media and he interviewed people and you know very very in-depth kind of readings. you know and he said, you know gave a gave a report, that said, you know you're pretty average in so many ways, but he said, "I have never ever seen a city that is so off the chart in community spirit wow. instead of all the cities i've I've ever." sort of looked at their brand, said you hit it out of the ballpark on community spirit. So that's great. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: And I think it's a testament to, to leaders like you, Steve, who have been here and, and so involved with the city and, and have set that example for, uh, for others to follow in uh, as they come along. Um, you mentioned Stampede, but there's just a whole host of volunteer initiatives from uh, you know business to arts to sports that you've been involved in. So, how do you decide kind of where to where to serve and where to put your efforts on that community engagement side?
1: Well, again, it's back to the, uh, the you know the discussion we had a few minutes ago. It's it's about that you know somebody calls, the door opens, and you think, oh, gee, that sounds interesting. So you open, you go through the door, and see where it leads. You know, I had I had you know the Stampede as an example. I had no intention of ever being president of the Stampede. There was a, uh, the Chief Justice at the time uh, Ken Moore who was a stampede volunteer and a, and a stampede president suggested that um, I get involved as a volunteer so I did and it was interesting and you know that sort of one thing led to another and they, they actually again uh, tribute to the designation uh, they asked me they wanted to appoint me to the board because they were uh, CA was, was uh, getting off the board and they needed a, a, a accounting expertise and they wanted to appoint me I said well why would you appoint me why wouldn't I run because they didn't think they didn't think I would win but I just thought the right proper place t- thing to do was to, to to run for the election of the by the shareholders and so lo and behold I got I got elected and then later um, it just it happened to line up I was out for a run one day and I thought, You know, if I time this right to to get into the presidential stream, which is a total of about eight years, I could line that up with when I want to sort of start winding down practice. And about a week later, they approached me and wanted me to put my name in for the executive. And and that kind of happened. So it's just, you know, something, those doors open and you say, what the heck, it's worth a try.
0: Great. And so, obviously, you've got a lot out of that stampede. What is it about stampede that uh, is it a reflection of Calgary's values? Is that is that what you like about stampede? Is that what's kept you involved for so long?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, back in the, in the early 2000s, we did actually do some surveys about Calgary values, and that's when we talked to Calgarians. We had a firm by the name of Weber Shandwick do a bunch of research for us. We did uh, polling, uh, and we asked Calgarians what they thought our values were, and it really was that openness, the, the friendliness, by you, you know, uh, you, you, the, the neighborliness, the can-do attitude, the love of the land, those kinds of things. and it's, it, it, So I think the stampede really epitomizes what Calgary is about. And people used to say, well, it's, it's going to change with this enormous growth of Calgary and right. people coming here from all over the world, all over Canada and all over the world. Isn't it going to change? And I think the, the truth is that people who love it here identify with those same values so they fit right in yeah. and it, and that's and, and so the values continue to to grow and and build.
0: Steve for a man who has achieved so much who inspires you what is it about them that you admire you you pointed you know you talked about John Collins as someone who uh, was meaningful in your life are there others uh you know personal or or even you know well-known figures that you've kind of looked to uh, for inspiration?
1: Yeah, interestingly, I'm working very closely with uh, uh, a, a great man by the name of Jim Gray. Now, Jim Jim is uh, he's going to be 86 years old this this month, and he is incredibly inspiring. He's got more energy than many 40 year olds, I'm sure. And and he has a and, and a little bit like a guy like John Collins when I when I look at that, a dogged determination to to do something, to get something done and, you know, an an unwavering focus on the goal and getting, you know, whatever it it happens to be. Jim and I at the moment are working on um, a couple of projects, one being the Green Line uh, Mm. that, uh, you know, Jim has identified as a real challenge because of the desire to tunnel into the Bow River, which is, could really blow the city's budget and another one about c- connectivity and getting his 5G ready. Right. Um, and I just love the fact that he is so determined and so focused on the goal. But it, again, it was much like a guy like John, who was a, a guy who was so focused on, on his clients and helping them reach their goals and at the same time building a firm uh, from a local small family practice to a, you know, a significant uh, practice in Calgary to a national firm. And then ultimately he was a the chairman of the international firm, and just that—that that sort of determination uh, to to get things done—I uh, I, I think it's is really inspiring.
0: Great, you've talked about uh, some involvement with with younger people, younger professionals. So, what advice would you have for perspective or or, or current CPAs a little earlier in in your career who who look to someone like you? you know that community involvement that community spirit the success uh, in your career and, and your personal life and and emulate the path you've taken and uh, you know what advice would you have for someone like that
1: well uh, you know i'm i'm fortunate to uh, sit on the uh, the recognition committee I, i'm not I'm never sure what the, <laughs> the correct name of that committee is but uh, the committee that selects uh, the fellows and the dis- distinguished service awards but it also um, focuses on the early achievement award winners and I am so impressed with the quality of of young people that are coming into the profession and the things that they do uh, blows me away like I think they're miles ahead of where I was at that (laughs) age Um, you know their their, their CVs are uh, full of of community involvement and, and volunteering and Uh, working on projects and advancing projects and so many of them talk about mentoring or their colleagues talk about what valuable mentors they have been and these are people who have been in the profession for 10 years or less I would advise any young person to do exactly that you know it's not don't just focus solely on your career broaden that uh, expanse and look at getting involved in the community and other organizations and you know build relationships by being a mentor and creates a much more rewarding life.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the good thing is, and it's something that the theme that you've touched on through here is, is those letters behind your name and the experience you've got to get there really do make you valuable to some of those uh, not-for-profit organizations that might be meaningful to you as an individual. So you can really pick and choose, you know, the, the impact that you want to make and the difference that you want to make.
1: Uh, huge opportunities in, in the community. You know, they All of these organizations need that help. Um, you know, they're, they're so often um, their executives are are driven by a passion for a cause, but they really need that guidance of a, of a CPA. and there, there's a tremendous amount of value that can be added by an individual. And you, in, in what I have found in everything I've done, I get more out of it than I put into it. The, you know the relationships you build and advancing the cause of the organization is tremendously satisfying.
0: Looking back on all your involvements, is there one that stands out to you? Is there uh, that, that you would say, yeah, you know what, I, I really made a difference, or the work we as an organization did really made a difference? So one that's closest to your heart, I guess?
1: Well, I'd have to say that probably the Stampede. Um, I, w- I was fortunate enough to be there at a time when we were, we were at, a, at a pivot point. Um, the, the Stampede had been working on expansion for, for a number of years, buying properties in uh, the Victoria Park uh, area, but we, we got to the stage where, I don't, I don't know, there was maybe a dozen uh, properties left, and, the, and they weren't selling. They were kind of flop houses, and the, the landlords just loved the rent and had no interest in, in, in selling. So we were able to to get the city to support expropriation of those properties, but Leading up to that was really a really a change in the brand of the Stampede. Stampede had become, a, you know, and, and I think this is a lesson to to CPAs in no matter what the organization is. The Stampede was nearing hundred years old. Many of its practices and processes and part of its culture was very insular. Uh, they were kind of off in their corner of downtown doing their own thing. Uh, not paying much attention, they had. They there, there, there was a level of arrogance uh, that they had, where they weren't engaging with city council or the. They were getting money from the province, but they really weren't engaging with them. When we had we, we had no relationships with the federal government, so w- I, I was fortunate enough to co-chair a reputation management committee with the fellow by the name of Vern Kimball, who ultimately became the CEO. And and we really focused a lot more on communications and on marketing, and on building our brand, on building government relations and really focusing on the things that we had to do to allow the Stampede to move to the next level. And then the um, a year or so after that, we had completed the expansion, we had expropriated those properties. We got council, so we had we had unanimous approval, which everybody said was amazing for the mm-hmm. expropriation, unanimous approval for the land use bylaw for the city, uh, unanimous approval for the leases that we you know a hundred year lease or whatever it was that we that we had to get, and then we had to create a master plan and, and and so we worked with consultants, we engaged the community, we engaged the stampede, we engaged business leaders, and we created the master plan that is now being mm-hmm built so it's uh it's really satisfying to look back on that and you you know I mean it was it it was a team there was a whole bunch of people involved but it was just and it was a question of timing I was lucky to be there at the time I was and I think we really changed the organization and provided it the opportunity to to grow and become a a, you know much more uh, essential part of the community
0: so looking into the future uh where do you envision calgary in 20 30 years
1: well it's it's interesting because i chair calgary economic development now so again the city's at a pivot point yeah uh, we've got 27% vacancy rate downtown we have high unemployment um, we have uh, we we are we, we don't have the right kind of talent for the modern economy we got we have, you know, more engineers per capita than, than probably most cities in North America, mm-hmm. but they're not the high-tech IT type software engineers that that we need. So, we're really focused on trying to build that and create that uh, environment now that we can, and it and it's critical work. And if we you know, if we don't get it right, um, you know, we could be in trouble. And you know, Jim Gray, who I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, you hear him talk, and he says Calgary is in real trouble now. Mm-hmm. I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic because Calgary is a great place to live, and Alberta is a great place to live. But Calgary is ranked by the Economist Intelligence Unit as one of the is the best city in North America, actually the best city to live in in the Western Hemisphere and wow. the fourth the fourth most livable city in the world. And and that's what's going to save us. Um, you know, we have reasonable uh, cost of living, we have uh, cheap electricity, we have uh, you know, a great office space at a reasonable price, we have reasonably priced housing, but we have a great quality of life and we are on the edge of this wonderful, um, you know, the Rockies and the Bragg Creek area and all this uh, land to the west of us which young people love to engage in with mountain biking and skiing and outdoor activities and those you know, I think that's what's going to attract people here to help build this next phase of of what Calgary is going to be, and so we are going to be a much more diversified city. We have, uh, uh, you know, energy. Um, high oil prices were not our friend, so when we peeled that back, we realized we have we're very strong in agriculture. Um, we are very strong in transportation and logistics. We're very strong in the life in the life sciences. Uh, tourism is a is a huge opportunity for us, and the, and the creative industries, music and the film, are great opportunities. So, we're really focused on trying to build those sectors, and I think we will again, because fundamentally, it's a, you know, going back to what we've just talked about, it's a great community, it's a great entrepreneurial, can-do city, and people will be attracted here in twenty or thirty years from now. It will be much more, we and we will continue to be energy, but energy of all sorts, not not just. Fossil fuels, but you know, again, we have great sun and wind, and yeah. <laughs> so so a huge opportunity, I think, for our future.
0: Great. So, outside of that role, what's what's next for you personally?
1: Well, I I'm um, I, I I'm about to be appointed, I think, by the province to uh, take on a, a a significant role that'll be announced later this week. That I probably can't <laughs> talk much about, <laughs> but there was a cabinet meeting this morning, and uh, I haven't heard the results of it. But it looks like. Uh, and that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting assignment.
0: Oh, well, we're, we'll look forward to that, <laughs> Steve, and, and see what that's all about. It's been great to talk to you. I, I really thank you. It's a, a, a pleasure to sit across from you and, and, uh, and hear a little bit more about your experience and your perspective on these things. Straight from the CPA's mouth is centered around Alberta CPAs discussing everything from leadership to finance to education. Before we end this episode, could you pose a question for our next guest to ponder and answer in the next episode?
1: Well, I think you know one of the things we've talked about is you know is that we have had a topic about success. So um, when you think about success, and I said I don't think people can really judge that till you get to the finish mm-hmm. line. But um, nobody is perfect, and everybody has a lot of a lot of weaknesses, um, including me. And. Uh, I guess my next question that I think you should explore is, you know, how, how, do, how does one deal with those weaknesses and build on them and overcome them?
0: I think that's a really good one. And we look forward to the perspective of our next guest on that. Um, before we wrap up, Steve, any, any final thoughts that you'd like to add?
1: No, I just, uh, you know, I remember um, back to when I was articling and, uh, I, as I said at the very outset, I didn't, I didn't like it. I hated it, in fact. (laughs) And I said to my dad, uh, when I was, I'd spent a year at it, and I said to my dad, I can't take this. I think I'm going to drop out, go take my MBA or something. He said, well, you just hang in there for one more year, write your exams and, and see how it goes. And, uh, and I wrote my exams and I thought, God, that was the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) They were brutally hard. I think the pass rate that year was 29% or something like that because that that was before we really required people to take all the prep courses and so on and I thought well that's it you know there's no way I passed them I'm on to doing something else and somehow or other I passed them (laughs) and and that that has set you know that set the foundation for my life and I am so grateful to it and grateful for my dad for his wisdom and making me hang in there
0: absolutely and and there's something to be said maybe success is just persevering (laughs) exactly (laughs) Thank you, Steve, for taking the time to join us today. Thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, be sure to check out our next episode featuring CPAs discussing how they overcome their weaknesses. Be sure to join our subscriber list in order to get access to exclusive content. You can sign up and get more information at cpaalberta.ca slash podcast. Straight from the CPA's mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit CPAalberta.ca Foundation for more information on the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.